Sunny Jim, said the captain. Man, I've often heard about you. You and Namely for champing fences. Not me, said Davy. Catch me jumping on a thing if there was a hole to get through. Is that your vessel? She's a tipper. You and me, I'll get on A1. Wait till you see the fun I'll give you. That was the worst of the clothers. Awful short trips. And every now and then a key. You hadn't a minute to yourself for a bore at all. What sort of chaps are you for a crew? The very pick, said Parahandy as they came alongside the vital spark, whose crew, as a matter of fact, were all on deck to see the new hand. That's MacPhail, the chief engineer, one of Brutain's hardy sons, with the one gallows. And the other chap's Doogie, the first mate, a cowl lad. You'll see him plainer after his face is washed for the tea. Then there's me, Missel, the captain. Lads, this is Colin's cousin, Sonny Jim. Sonny Jim stood on the end of the quay and smiled like a sunset on his future shipmates. Who is ya, chaps? he cried genially, waving his hand. We cannot complain, said Doogie solemnly. Are ye in good trim yourself? Seize a grab of your hold all, and excuse the gangway. Sonny Jim jumped on board, throwing his dunnage bag before him, and his feet had no sooner touched the deck than he indulged in a step or two of the sailor's hornpipe with that proficiency, which only years of practice in a close mouth in Crown Street SS could confer. The captain looked a little embarrassed. Such conduct was hardly businesslike. But it was a relief to find that the TAR's nominee and successor was a cheery chap at any rate. Doogie looked on with no disapproval, but MacPhail grunted and turned his gaze to see, disgusted at such free and easy informality. I hope you can cook as well as you can dance, he remarked coldly. Sunny Jim stopped immediately. Am I supposed to cook? he asked, concealing his surprise as best he could. Ye are that, said MacPhail. Did ye think ye were to be the German band on board and go round left and pennies? Cookie's the main thing, with the second mate of the vital spark, and I can tell you we're gay particular, are we no, Doogie? Awful, said Doogie sadly. MacPhail here has been cooking since the tar left. He'll give you his recipe for haddies made with engine oil. The vital spark cast off from the Rothsey Key on her way for bowling, and Sunny Jim was introduced to several pounds of sausages to be fried for dinner, a bag of potatoes, and a jar of salt, with which he was left to juggle as he could, while the others, with expectant appetites, performed their respective duties. Life on the open sea, he found, was likely to be as humdrum as it used to be on the Cluthers, and he determined to initiate a little harmless gaiety. With some difficulty, he extracted all the meat from the uncooked sausages and substituted salt. Then he put them on the frying pan. They had no sooner heated than they began to dance in the pan, with curious little crackling explosions. He started playing his melodeon and cried on the crew, who hurried to see this unusual phenomenon. Well, I'm jiggered, said the captain. What in all the world is the matter with them? 
It's a warning, said Doogie lugubriously, with wide staring eyes. Warning, Manty, said Sunny Jim, playing a jig tune. They started jumping like that whenever I be good to play my bunny wee melodeon. I dare say that, said Parahandy, for you're a fine, fine player, Jum. But, but it wasn't any invitation to a ball I gave them when I paid for them in Rosa. I said sausages weren't a meat for sailors, remarked the engineer with bitterness, for he was very hungry. You'll notice it's an Irish jig they're dancing to, he added with dark significance. I don't see myself, said the captain, that it matters whether it is an Irish jig or the Gorak Waltz and Circassian Circle. Does it no? retorted MacPhail. I suppose you'll never have heard.